Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me at the table is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. You know, I meant to suggest us trying this at the other table, but I'm just so worried because the other time we did it at that table, the connection for whatever reason was just bad. And then Which I might doesn't get... really make sense because my office is right there. I, I think it might have been something with Keaton and Kim's, not to put them on blast. Yeah, <laughs> fuck you guys. Well, we're going across like three time zones there in California, you know, different room. It's not used to it. Excuses, excuses, excuses. We're here at this little ass table. Because Be sitting right next to each other, well, which is I, uncomfortable for all of us. I'm in my own personal space, and you are inching closer and closer, which is really just an allegory for the past 16 years of my fucking life. Uh, and from that, we can discern that we are here because it is a guest star episode for the month of June. It was supposed to be May, but we'll get into it because we've been promoting it for weeks and we still cannot fully deliver as they will see uh, from the or title here, of the episode here. Oh, uh, yeah. instead of another couple it is just one half of the couple and it's the person I haven't even met before oh no <laughs> <laughs> did you really think that that would not come up on this episode Maddie we're, we're gonna talk about it Madison Kirby is here Maddie what's going on uh Honored to be here. Surprised it took so long, to be honest, to be invited to this little table. Well, you, we have a long list. Be thankful you're on it at all. I mean, we just met you, lady. Like, <laughs> chill out. I know. It's weird. I'm like, Benjamin Button, our friendship is aging backwards. Touche. Touche, Maddie. So a couple things to address up the top. We've been talking for many weeks that uh, Maddie would be joined by her husband, Rob. And unfortunately... Longtime friend of, of the show. Yeah, I mean, I've known Rob, but I couldn't even tell you how long. Uh, and unfortunately, he is unable to join us. Yes, he's under the weather, Maddie, correct? Yes, yes. He sends his regards, but he's very excited. I mean, we have a lot of movies we'd love to discuss with you guys, so... We will definitely have you guys back on the show. I feel like this is almost a trick. Like, we want to be on the show twice. So, yeah, Rob, yeah. <laughs> be, be sick. Because we are currently in our second season of the Guest Star Show. We have a lot of people on for the second season that have been on before, but their significant other has not. So, we, we had Rip on with Charlie. Um, I'm planning on having uh, Dan Garpella on with his wife. Andrew Zangri with his girlfriend. Like, a bunch of a bunch of people. So None of these people get names. That's just how we're going to refer to them. Well, I don't want to I don't want to do it, and I don't want to get any of them wrong. Uh, <laughs> Rob, though. Of course. Of course we so do, I, Rob. I was going to ask, because I don't think I've uh, addressed this, and, and frankly, we've not seen or really talked to you since your wedding last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, it's been the, over the, a year. The baller wedding in Key West. Like, you fulfilled his life dream of, of having it in Key West. He is... Oh, I'm a Key West guy forever and ever. Forever because and of ever. That, because of that weekend. He aspires to be your dad. Oh, I, man. If, if, if I can be your dad at the end of the day, then I mean I've done something right. 
And I don't mean I don't mean from like how you were raised or anything. I just mean from the like, general he's like vibe. Like the coolest, yeah, dude. Well, he is driving his boat over to the Bahamas tomorrow morning. So. Okay, right. <laughs> yeah. I, I may change go. my plans for tomorrow then. Uh, <laughs> but what I was going to say was, I'm not sure, we've addressed this with other recent married couples and modern married couples. Did you assume Rob's name or are you guys still separate named or what, what's the situation with the naming? So this is hilarious. We I've kept my name. I kept okay. my name, um, you know. I it was kind of like one of those things where it was like, do I have to? No, should I? Eh. Like that was kind of yeah. Rob. Rob was like, you, you can just keep it. You know, we can. But I literally, <laughs> I had just gotten my new license like two months before the wedding, and I was like, and I got a passport the year before. I was like, I just have so much good paperwork right now with this name. <laughs> yeah, like, and the yeah. thing that sucks is you would have to pay. Like, like you would have to pay to get the name changed, but like the expirations are still the same. Mm -hmm. So at least it was, it's early on in that, you know, when, when we got married, I had to change my name. I had to pay for stuff. And then my like license expired six months later and I had to pay for a whole new one. Anyway, it was the worst. It's the cost you pay for becoming a mullet. And you know, worst decision. It's such a chore. So, um, kept my name, but what's hilarious is that Rob's mom told me she was like well she sends a lot of cards Mm -hmm. (laughs) she was like well I'm still gonna call you Mrs. Madison Perrin on the card and I was like I'm this isn't a hill I'm willing to die on sure you know like no get my name right just wait until the kids come into fruition and then the grandparents go really super crazy that'll be fun enjoy that because uh, I wasn't I was, my, my my family still doesn't fully know how to spell my new last name, so it's the me. fucking haircut and the fucking I know. fish. They, they put the two fish. T's, they put two T's or one L. It's I know. I'm gonna, I know how it's spelled. I'm gonna go back in fucking time. I'm gonna find the first person to put two T's at the end of mullet because I have every single school certificate, everything. everything is with two T's. The first fucking idiot that did that i'm gonna stab him in the goddamn neck oh my. because what? it's just been 30 it just happened the other day with somebody at work right an email's like it's a two t's i'm like no it's you see it in an email every fucking day it happens all the time and it's like we're on teams and my name is at the bottom and i'm like it's right there like it says my name like it's, it's also like the most simple way to spell it why yeah. are you overcomplicating it yeah, yeah. Exactly. and as someone who grew up on a river in florida yeah you know how to spell mullet Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So this whole time I've just been saying Maddie and Rob are going to be on the show. Yeah, so I didn't want to say I didn't want to say the parents. Oh, I didn't want to say the Kirby's. I didn't want to say the parent Kirby's. I don't know if you're hyphen it's, but that's, that's the most so Rob sweet. thing of Rob just being like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, good <laughs> like, I don't care. He's like, you are Madison Kirby, and I was like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> he was just like he was the least like you do you girl. Of course he is. Of Rob's, course. Rob's the best. That's why I've been friends with him for so long. Uh, oh so I'll, I'll briefly give the context of this before we get into the actual meat and potatoes of the episode. Uh, we have uh, been friends with Maddie for... Over 10 what, years. Four, 14 years? No, no, no. Because remember, she's, she's younger than us. She's it was, not that much younger. I started... I met you guys fall of 09. Yeah. yeah so, two years. Yeah. So 12 years we've been... Okay. Yeah. So it was kind of in between 14 we years. 14 years. It's no, 14. 14 years. Is it? 14 years. She's not that much younger than us. I don't know why. She's not like Tatiana. Like Tatiana is like a lot younger than us. I don't know. like. I think I just face a couple of those years years out. (laughs) No air. 
But um, we met we met Maddie like most of the people who've been on the show through uh, sketch and improv and at the University of Florida when Go we were Gators. in college. Um, Maddie was in the show that I directed, and later became uh, roommates with Rich Camelucci. We'll the get into it. I'm sure on the show. And at some point, I don't remember why you were esteemed this this honor i know because you're an asshole well yeah and i i wouldn't take if it wasn't somebody that i like knew could a take it b make it so fucking funny and and you truly love yeah that i cared enough about to keep the gimmick up it stemmed from do i even do you even know the background is of the original version of this i felt like it came and this could be incorrect, but from Rumbles, like something connected. So to that for why, the reason why I started doing it, but you were not the first new guy. So Andrew's angry. Back, Look how offended she is. <laughs> no. Back no. in high school, Andrew's angry. Uh, his best friend that he knew before even me, Nick Cud, who I don't know if you ever met before, um, was a very, very abusive best friend in terms of just making his life a living hell. Because Zangri is a good target. So we were at a party one time, and Zangri just kept messing things up throughout the night. Like he spilled something, he blew a game, a bunch of stuff. So, like, the third or fourth time it happened, Nick went, way to go, new guy. Who invited this guy, huh? <laughs> and everyone laughed, and no one thought anything of it. And for the rest of the night, Nick pretended like he had just met Zangri that night, and they'd been best friends for over ten years. And it was the funniest fucking thing ever like he pretended not know his name he just went to the nth degree to the point where zangri was like okay it's not funny anymore like he's like yeah you want to be in this group buddy you know like you got to get used to the jokes so from a rumble or one night of you just saying the off the wall stuff that you said i think i just said like who's the new guy over here <laughs> and then i proceeded to treat you like this for 10 years <laughs> 14 I think no. the text where you asked me to join this podcast is the first time you have like in written message acknowledged me as a friend no no <laughs> that's not true that's not true that's partly true I know I know exactly the moment that I retired it and I'll share because it, it was oh. a very sweet and sentimental moment um because I would just do it to to a, a level that nobody should really do <laughs> it was constant and only in moments of like drunkenness and weakness would I ever like really peel it back. Yes. Um, and then when we all kind of went our separate ways from Gaines and whatnot, and we saw each other less and less. It just became even funnier for me to do it because then it was just like, oh, how you been? Oh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I'm asking that because I don't know who you are. Um, but when my father passed away in 2020, you know, and I had a Facebook post about it and people were sharing their uh, their uh, condolences. I don't know if you put it on the post or if you privately messaged me and you're like, hey, I don't know. I know you, I don't know you very well, but <laughs> I really was like, okay, you took the joke over. You win. That was awesome. Thanks, Maddie. <laughs> That's right. I do remember that. Yeah. And I think the next time I physically saw you when I came to visit Rich in Chicago, I was like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> like, big hug. Like, how you been? It's been so long. And like, I was gonna like do it the opposite way and be too friendly, but I was like, no, nah, we'll it's it was a good it was a good run. I remember like you bringing it up just now, like now. I was like, oh, that's right, I did do that. But I remember now thinking about it when I posted it because I did post it as a comment. Yeah, I was like, I then went to spin class with Rob, and the whole spin class was like 
Did I take it too far? Nope. <laughs> no, it was a perfect, exactly what I needed in that moment. It was, it was pitch perfect. And that's, uh, that's where we are today. But that's why earlier on the podcast, I was saying, I think, do we have new guy on her wedding placard at the wedding even? You did. And I kept it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. We absolutely wrote new guy. Yeah. Absolutely did. It, it got pretty For far. Sure. And in turn, when she met Rob, cause you know, I've been together how long? Uh, this August will be nine years. Okay. So I met Rob, and I think the first time I met Rob, it would have been in Chicago. No. Oh, so it was he, in Florida. Was it? Yeah, first they lived in Florida for a while. Oh, that's right. First time was Tim and Allie's wedding. Yes. And then I did drive him over to a rumble at your house where we did mini weeds. Correct. I do remember that. And just Rob, and we'll, we'll get in this when Rob's on the show, Rob is just like, the chillest, coolest, like most outgoing guy right away that you feel legitimately, even without this gag, like you've known Rob forever since you yeah, meet him. Yeah, he's, a, he, he. So when I first met him. disarm you, like he, he's great. He was the perfect, like added the little bit. The perfect business. foil to so this I was like, scenario. I went right up to him the first time I ever met him. Didn't say a fucking word to him before. And just went, what's going on, man? Been too fucking long. How you been? How's the mom? You know, like, and he b- bit into it. Hook, line, and sinker yeah. right had, away. Had you told, had you previously told him about the new guy bit before oh, Rob? Sure. Okay. Oh yeah. So so he knew, like he knew it was coming. <laughs> just imagine that. He has been thinking about it, Perfect. waiting to meet you to like bring this to fruition, just to piss Maddie off. And he keeps the bit going. Like After mm-hmm. he does. When we talk about you guys, he's like, oh, yeah, they're my best friends. And mm-hmm. <laughs> have to tell them that ever since like the past few, like, few years, like I remember I came up uh, for, actually, ironically enough, uh, prior to your wedding, probably the last time I saw you guys was I came for like a quick like 36 hour trip for a wrestling show over like Labor Day weekend. And Rob and you came to like Rich's place for a little Labor Day barbecue. And Rob and I was outside just like chilling for like, I want to say like an hour, hour and a half, just catching up, you know, like doing whatever. And like, that's just the fucking, you know, guy that he is. I say ironically, because I will literally be in Chicago at this time tomorrow. Yeah, he's going to be there this weekend, 36 hours for a wrestling show. Oh my gosh, what the heck? Oh, even, that's gonna be so fun. Even less than, I will land in Chicago at 10 o'clock p.m., and I will leave Chicago Sunday morning at 6 a.m. <laughs> now, talk yes. about a whirlwind. I saw- Talk about idiot, idiot. Shut up. <laughs> I'm so sad, I probably won't be able to see you just because he's not feeling well and everything you've got going on. Yeah, it's literally Rich is picking me up Saturday. We're gonna like have lunch and like see a couple stores and then we're just gonna head to the United Center. And then when well, the show's yeah. over, it's like, it's the first AEW collision. So they're starting a weekly Saturday show and it is the return of CM Punk again. Uh, but it's also the match he's wrestling. He's in a six man tag and against him will be Samoa Joe, which is a very famous rivalry from 20 years ago that I made a promise to myself that I would make sure I saw if it ever happened. And this is the first chance it's had a even opportunity of happening in 20 years. And so. you are very lucky that you have a very understanding wife. Yeah, that's it. But I will make sure I'm back in time for Father's Day. This yeah. is airing. This is airing <laughs> next week. That's so right. All this oh, already man. happened. So yeah. I gotta make sure I'm back. So I'm coming back at ten o'clock in the morning to have a lovely Father's Day. That we'll talk about on next week's episode after it's already happened. But for now, we want to get into you. What we do with our guest stars? We always ask our guest stars two questions before we get into the movie that we're discussing for the week. 
First thing is, what was the last movie you saw in theaters? Oh no, it's gonna be bad. <laughs> what is it? Last, I think it was pre-pandemic. Wow! Really? You guys think, haven't been to a movie since. I think you're our our, our longest uh, gap. I think no, Tope is Tope. Is, oh, sure. The last movie. Never Tope. seen a movie in theaters. <laughs> the, last, before. the last movie Tope saw in theaters was Terminator Two. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, actually, so weird. If we're talking about me going to like see a typical movie in theaters, mm-hmm. it be pre-pandemic, and we could look up the release dates. I can't remember if it was Endgame. Avengers Endgame, or if it was 1917. So both would have been both. So Endgame would have been summer of 2019, and um, 1917 would be end of 2019, beginning of 2020. So both are pre-pandemic, yes. So those, but technically, the last time I saw just a movie in theaters was our very good friends um, Jess and Charlie mm-hmm. uh, and Liz for my Bachelorette rented out a theater to play Elf. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, and we had a drinking game to it. And so that was uh, April of 2022. Nice, which is your all-time favorite movie, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yes, that and like Anchorman, I think. Gotcha. Yeah, That's cool. Yeah. Um, Jillian's a big fan of Elf. Yes. Big fan. Did you know they had, um, I don't know if it was a traveling show for just something that the Gaylord Palms did, but every year. Well, the Gaylord Palms has multiple locations. So so they do ice at multiple locations. Yeah. Every Christmas, uh, the Gaylord Palm hotels do like a big, like winter wonderland thing. And they always have like a, a intellectual property theme. So two years ago, it was Elf. And they had like a walkthrough exhibit where like interactive things. It was really cool. They had like a snowball. They had a snowball throwing thing. And they always have like the same thing. Like they have a giant ice slide. They have like gingerbread decorations and stuff. But they always have like the linchpin walkthrough exhibit. This past year for the Grinch, it was just like an ice thing. It was like literal ice. Like it was was like four degrees. But the elf one was was really cool. So if I ever see that again, I will let you know when it happens. Because it it was a neat little experience. Jillian loved it. Well, and it was it was so sweet that they planned this bachelorette for me which mm-hmm. by the way ended with karaoke where rich and johnny and rob were all there nice so it was like you know very but it, like that's what's funny is because it was elf and because it was karaoke i know it was basically also planned by rich because it was <laughs> oh, yeah when yeah. we lived together in college like a weekend that we may have had together absolutely um all right so not a lot of viewing uh in the theaters um, but have you been watching stuff at home? Newer oh, movies? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you are you guys like a wait till it's streaming or do you guys rent things or buy things? Like how, how do you consume your new movies? Uh, typically, I mean, honestly, I feel like all the time I just get something in my head. Like we had this period of time for like a year or two where we were trying to watch all the best pictures of like the last like 30 years as Mm -hmm. well as like all the Scorsese's. And we just like had these kinds of things we were working through. So I feel like it's like we just get it in our head that we want to watch something. And I'm like, what's it streaming on? If it's not streaming on any service I have, am I going to pay $3 on Amazon to watch it? Probably. Like, you know. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah. so what is what are the last what are the most recent things you've watched that you've uh, enjoyed or not enjoyed so one that went totally under the radar for me at the time that it came out but was recently brought up to me so 
I'm, I'm very lucky. Uh, one of my direct reports at my job, she is an absolute horror movie buff. I mean, her reviews have been listed in trailers for horror movies. She's like, oh, wow. you know, she's worked for Grindhouse um, as like an intern and stuff. So she's just constantly like sending movies and shows my way. But one that she sent me that was amazing that we watched this past weekend was Game Night. Oh, we haven't watched Game Night yet. It's on our list of things that were nominated. That's you're talking about the Rachel McAdams, Jason Bateman comedy. Yep. Yes, totally. Like I think I had it kind of conflated in my head with Date Night, mm-hmm. which I'd not heard good things about. I mean, I've not Date Night it. is the Tina Tina Fey Steve Carell comedy okay, from about yeah, yeah. probably yeah, five, yeah. ten years prior. Yeah. But I'll tell you, it was one of the first times in like years that I feel like we Rob and I watched a movie and we're just LOLing like actually actual laughing out loud like throughout the whole film in like the movie heads like like on twitter and reddit and stuff that's pretty much regarded as like the last great theatrical comedy like that came out in 2017 2018 maybe and it was kind of at the end of comedies being successful at the box office and now they all just go straight to streaming and it was also very funny and successful so it's 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 like literally if you probably were to poll people and it's like what's the best comedy of the past like 10 years game night's probably going to be in the top five of almost everyone's list that's really crazy. interesting that's especially crazy. because so many people haven't watched it or mm-hmm. you know, haven't heard of it but and it's also just an all-star cast i mean oh yeah even the people who cameo in it no spoilers i'm like what and there it was like a russian nesting doll of talent yeah i don't i don't even remember what was nominated against it where the other person didn't pick it but i'm really mad i need to go back and research yeah that. go go back it's on see. our it's on like our not our ban list right now but the normal process is if we nominate movies and the one that doesn't get picked we can't nominate again until we randomly draw it we have another series to kind of fix that now but hopefully we get it sometime sometime soon um besides movies what you watching or what have you been watching uh, in the world of tv or what, what other media are you consuming so um i consume a lot of things by myself and then rob and i consume things together so mm-hmm. together we've just recently finished succession okay um and the last season of the marvelous mrs Maisel. nice you are the first person i've ever heard that actually watches that <laughs> i you know i feel like the only person that does because i need to <laughs> want to like commiserate about the ending or like this or really? that people are like oh no i don't watch that and i'm like good for you okay <laughs> it's great tony shalhoub like i would watch it just for his performance like he's incredible so i think tony shalhoub is the reason why i put that show to the side of like i don't want to watch that because nothing against tony shalhoub but i just remember being like a younger fan of like TV and like the award show circuit and just seeing him get nominated for like 15 straight years for Monk and just being like, what the fuck? You know, like what, like I, this is the, the guy from Wings, really? Like this is who we're gonna yeah. celebrate all this time? And then when this show came around and it just started the cycle over again, of like, he's just nominated every year again. It's just like, fuck off, Tony Shalhoub, give someone else a chance. And now he's in, uh, what is it? Flamin' Hot. Oh, that you. Yeah. The Eva Longoria Cheetos movie? Yes. Uh, quote um, unquote, my mom watched it and wasn't a fan. <laughs> I'm about to tell you that. My mom watched it. The... 
My mom watched the Cheetos movie and <laughs> don't do not wake our daughter up. <laughs> Let me get you. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it verbatim. I said That's the funniest no, thing. I know why I didn't I know why I didn't remember the other movie that I watched yesterday. It sucked. Flaming hot. Do not recommend two, four, six, eight, ten, eleven thumbs downs. <laughs> I need a beer. Me <laughs> too. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, I will say I love Mrs. Maisel, and I didn't watch Monk, so I don't know. Fair but I, I, honestly, everyone does a stellar job in that, and it's it's great. Makes sense. Very good. Well, for us, um, I don't think there's anything since we've last recorded, but just because it's a conversation we're, we'll, we'll share with Maddie. Uh, we're, it's in that summer doldrums and also a lot of our favorite shows that Lasso just ended, Barry just ended. Um, what's the other thing that just ended? Anything else that's like... Survivor stopped. Amazing Race stopped. Uh, yeah, oh, I, the thing we haven't talked about on the show, and I don't know if you're a fan, but I know that a lot of our mutual friends in Chicago are. I need to rewatch the third season of I Think You Should Leave on netflix and being you know I, I i think i'm with two of the best female sketch performers that well, i that the, was nice of you you did not have to include me in that i know you're i know i thought. didn't but you're here madison um, is truly one of the best oh absolutely um so yeah so is is tim robinson your thing or have you experienced any tim robinson we need to watch it. We've not watched it on our own, but somehow it always gets on the TV when we go to Rich and Charlie's. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Have you seen the Sloppy Steaks sketch? Because Sloppy. Mullet recreated that at your wedding. Not at your wedding, just like the night of, at like 2 in the morning, he ordered Is a steak. A position? Oh, okay. no, no, no. He ordered a steak from Denny's. All right, I'm a, no, 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 no. Can I tell the story, please? Because you're going to butcher it. Shut up. Let me tell the story. And then we'll get into the actual movie. Uh, this is more fun. So, yeah, this is great. Uh, you butchering my story. I want to say for everyone who can't see them while they're bantering back and forth that they're wearing matching shirts. They're wearing Ted Lasso matching There goes all of our street cred. Great. Thanks, Madison. Fuck you. I may edit that out. <laughs> I won't. But, uh, so, uh, I'm just going to be blunt here. I was high as fuck at your wedding. <laughs> It's incredibly high at your wedding. And, and drunk. And your wedding, well, that was before, no, before I even got to your wedding, I had just had a lot that day. And your wedding was, if I'm not mistaken. We had a lot of jello shots that just placed right by. That too. Jello shots we and then staying, also just edibles. It was really I was in good. Key West. It was vacation, okay? Uh, we your wedding was the first wedding that I think the nuptials started early. You guys started no, like on time. That's no, why no, Augie no. was late. No, they started five minutes early. And Augie was furious because so <laughs> he was on time, but he was actually late. You cannot tell a story to save your goddamn life. <laughs> so we're sitting there waiting to start, and the procession begins. People walking up to the altar, and all of my shit at once had just hit me. I'm like, oh my god. Because we're at Hemingway House. There's cats everywhere. It's a beautiful moment. Rich is sniffing. Tope's next to me. And I looked at Tope. I go, Tope, I think I'm in the fucking Truman Show. I just felt like I was in a bubble and I had no idea how to behave. So he's like, just chill. You're all right. And all of a sudden, I hear this loud ass banging right as you guys are getting up to the altar to like begin the ceremony. The loud ass banging was Augie and Nata trying to get in because the gate in the front was like closed because things were starting 
It was your wedding started at five, I want to say. Yeah, yeah. It was 4.58, and Augie was furious because he was early for something for once. Okay, no, 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 it was 6. So 5. Yeah, 5.58. Yeah. And I was like, I just heard this loud-ass banging. I'm like, what the fuck is that? What's going on? Um, so the, the rest, it was a beautiful ceremony, an amazing party. We went on afterwards, had a grand old time, smash cut to the end of the night. You're waiting at some amazing food, but, you know, we ate at like 8, 9 o'clock, whenever, whenever it was back at the hotel or the, the airbnb we were at it was two o'clock in the morning we were all hungry what was the only thing that was open was denny's to, to for delivery so me augie and rip and i think i think Topi wasn't back i think Topi was still at the after party with, with you all we ordered i was sleeping you've been sleeping for like four hours uh we we got denny's delivered and i was like if i get denny's i will get a steak and i will make sloppy steak sloppy steaks Cliff Notes version is a sketch, is part of a sketch, and I think you should leave. It involves a guy pouring a cup of water on a steak and eating it because it makes it better because he's a piece <laughs> of shit. Well, he used to be a piece of shit. And it had been a big running joke with Rich and I and, and a bunch of us. So I was like, I'm going to fucking do it. So we get a $8 Denny steak delivered, and I do the whole video bit. I'll send it to you afterwards. I do all the lines. I fucking douse it in a cup of water. And I eat it, and it was horrible because it's, it's a Denny's steak covered in water. Of course, it's bad. And everyone was laughing and having a, a grand old time. I wake up in the middle of the night. Well, no. Well, I wake up later. a couple hours later, I should yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. I wake up like at four, five o'clock in the morning with the worst indigestion I've ever had in my entire life. From the top, like from like my jaw and my throat all the way down to like my belly is just on fire with like cactus needles. Oh no. And the only thing I can attribute it to is the slop, is the water covered steak that I ate. And we were packed into this room. Like we had an air mattress on top of a pullout. Like you couldn't move anywhere. Yeah. Cause we, we stayed, it was. I don't remember the fucking name of it. It was somewhere in Kiev. It was this little hotel. It was, um, we had like six of Rip, us in Rip, there. Charlie, no, yeah. Rip, us, Rip and Charlie and Tope were in so there. So five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wouldn't. And Augie shared a room with their significant room. others. And w the only thing that helps me when that happens is like gum or like some, some things like to burst it. Yes. I had to get out I'm in the middle of this room. I have no idea where anything is. I'm still whatever. So I leave in my bare feet and find the ice machine like out by the pool and just crudely get some ice cubes and just like suck and chew on them. And I'm wide awake. It's now like six o'clock in the morning. And then we were all up because we had to leave in like five hours from there. <laughs> so that was in, that was what I did at your wedding. <laughs> I have so many stories from my wedding of different people's slice of it. It's <laughs> wild. Like I remember the fireball shots Augie bought. We're at the after party. Mm -hmm. And then Rich comes up to me and goes, We're leaving to play Uno for money. That didn't happen. When nobody played enough for money. <laughs> that never happened. Of course not. No. Uh, and, then, and uh, oh my God, just so much stuff. I was at the after party until 3 a.m. I felt like a lot of guys were just hitting on my mom most of the after party. Um, Cindy did a whole costume change and came back. I didn't. Uh, but your story does remind me of one you talked about your love of my father. So I thought you'd appreciate knowing that he, he loves his toys. 
And so, you know, he didn't bring the boat down to Key West. He didn't bring his camper down to Key West. So he thought, I'm going to rent a six wheel golf cart. And that is going to be like the best. It's going to be the party vehicle. It's going to be where stuff's happening. And so literally Rob and I are sweating at the Key West airport, like dying, waiting for him to come pick us up. And he's, he rolls up, we have all this luggage for the wedding. He rolls up in the golf cart (laughs) (laughs) on the highway. Okay. And so (laughs) Rob is hanging on to the back of the golf cart on the highway, holding on to our luggage, trying for it not to like fly out. My dad's on the cell phone driving it. You know, people are passing us. This is not it. Uh, and you know, I don't know if he thought that like drinking while driving didn't apply to golf carts because that got messy motor vehicle, but go ahead. (laughs) Motor vehicle. Um, he almost flipped it, driving us to the family dinner with Rob's parents. Uh, literally the back wheel, like came up off of the ground. But so Wednesday night, our first night there, uh, my dad, my dad always first night of the vacation goes too hard. That's damn, what Mollet does. Damn right. Every yep. cruise, every cruise, <laughs> super drunk barfs in the bathroom. Yep. My dad, it's always the first night of any vacation anywhere. He goes to the bar and he goes, I'm home. Like that's his like line, his thing, you know? And so that first night it, he went all out there. I have a video of him holding hands with Rob's mother and my dad's sister and they were doing he'd have them going around in a circle like they were at like a concert in the 60s doing- oh my gosh um and then so he my mom who by the way only has one good eye because she lost the other one to flesh-eating bacteria had to dd them back to the hotel and in a golf cart and she's so annoyed when she gets there because dad has you know he just he took it too far and you know has sleep apnea and everything else and yeah um so she's she thinks that she's gonna get one up on him and she was like fine you know what i'll i'll sleep outside and so she walks out of the hotel room slams the door she's in a negligee she mm-hmm. instantly regrets this decision <laughs> like she didn't bring her pillow she didn't bring her cell phone she has nothing and she's like, and she goes and is like trying to open the door and it's locked. And she just starts banging on the door and she's like, Joe, Joe, wake up, wake up. He's dead to right. Of course, out. yeah, he's done. Passed out, yeah. yeah. So my mom, and this is like two days before her daughter's wedding, goes to the pool of this like kind of motel they're staying at, takes the rental towels and like covers herself up and tries <laughs> to sleep on like a pool chair. Um, yep. until, six in the morning when my dad finally woke up this is the life i want to live that was the night i met your dad and within and within 90 seconds of meeting him i had asked him like you know how are things looking or what's going on he goes it's a wedding anything can fucking happen and i went instantly fell in love i was like this this man's my spirit animal this is is perfect so that that, so the the end of that's what your story makes sense from how my story began so it's wonderful but uh we we need to start talking about yeah we have to we could have a whole podcast just maddie's dad and the wedding but we'll get into what we're doing today uh if you're new here uh we're married and we uh, we got a lot of movies we talk about them and sometimes we have a guest that uh because we hate talking about 
them by ourselves. Yep, just the two of us. Uh, So the way the Guest Star series works is we reach out to our guests. We ask them to pick five movies from our list. We pick one and we watch it. I will say that I think out of probably the dozen guests that we've had on the show, I think you have my favorite list of the Guest Star series thus far. I think that's true. Where it was the hardest decision. And actually it was funny. You technically nominated six movies, which I allowed because one of your movies had already been uh, suggested this year, which was Grandma's Boy. Keaton and Kim suggested that one. So I'm like, eh, it's already on our list where we can't pick it. So you just happened to give us another one, which is the one we ended up picking. But the other movies you nominated that we didn't pick were Annihilation, which I've been dying to see because I love Ex Machina. The Darjeeling Limited, probably my second favorite Wes Anderson movie. Boo. That's why we didn't do that. And then Sorry. two Coen Brothers movies that kind of like cancel each other out because of um, one, how much I love Fargo, and two, I've never seen the Big never Lebowski. Never seen the Big Lebowski. I know. I, it, I know. It's shocking. <laughs> Thanks. Wow. So that led to doing what we're doing today uh, the movie Sideways, uh, directed by Alexander Payne. I believe it is your turn to read the box. Oh, I don't even know. Hang yeah, I read, I read Speed Racer yesterday, so oh, it's going to be right. you. It's my turn. So after you, please go ahead. One, one second. <clears throat> the best comedy of the year, says Access Hollywood. The ultimate high definition experience. You didn't have to read that part. Why do I always get these? Hmm. A comedy masterpiece, says New York Daily News. Now even more intoxicating on Blu-ray. This breathlessly funny comedy stars Paul Giamatti and Thomas Hayden Church as Miles and Jack, old college buddies who take a wine-tasting road trip through California's famed Central Coast to celebrate Jack's upcoming nuptials. But Miles's Miles's right I'll let that slide. desire to savor the region's wines suddenly takes a back seat to Jack's desire to sample its women. That wasn't an no. I, I oh, was okay. expecting it to not be plural. So. Okay. Co-starring Sandra Oh and Virginia Madsen, Sideways has it all. Inspired direction, bracing wit, and emotional gravity, says Rolling Stone. So that's one for Breathlessly. I was going to try to make a thing and be like, this Breathlessly funny comedy stars Richard Edward Camelucci the <laughs> Ford. <laughs> but I didn't. I, I, I couldn't pull it off. So in our reading challenge of mistakes reading the box, uh, Samantha is now losing by how many? Four? Three, four. Four? four. Perfect. But when it's I, only nine to five. Yeah, and when I win that, you have to watch any movie that I, I pick. So that's always fun. Uh, Maddie. So first thing, was this more of a Rob pick or a Maddie pick? This was the first time we watched it was six months ago. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I was just looking up like great movies, like ones we hadn't seen. And that mm-hmm. one stuck out to me. And so we watched it and we loved it and so i was like i think and i think there's a lot to talk about with this one which is oh funny. i have so many fucking notes. so many notes but my biggest note is that you only first watched this movie six months ago but your college roommate was rich camelucci <laughs> did he have a poster of it no i think she's referring he, he to the fact that his life that this is him paul giamatti in this movie has so many let's just let's just stop it now so when rich listens to this he does he still talks to you uh richie will talk to me he very much has miles it's a man 
mannerisms, mannerisms so. and 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 disposition and some of and and before you know the past few years some of miles is like you know other problems <laughs> not alcoholism but you know just other, well, other, other then, things like, about him. out of all of our friends out of all of our guy friends rich is the most into wine right and so not like, like this closer to this than anyone else's sure but it's but like the distance between miles and oh, yeah. rich yeah like is... rich doesn't know that about like pinot grapes like he doesn't know that they're thin skin like you know but he's also italian so maybe he does know maybe they're born with that and knowledge. also I, i'm not jack by any means but you best believe now that rich is engaged i'm going to take him on a week-long bachelor trip that's going to end horrifically um so, cool. so so it was a recent watch um and you, you just fell in love with fell in love with it that much yes well I tend, we tend to like older movies, you know, like nineties, early aughts, mm -hmm. um, things like that. I mean, of course we've loved some recent ones as well, but, uh, also it happened to be that like really the past couple of years we've gotten more into wine and we are not close to miles. Like we're not sommeliers, but like we really can enjoy it. Um, and so the first time we watched it was a wine heavy night. And so it was interesting watching it six months later, stone cold sober, um, yeah. and you know, being able to really look at it. But Rob was like, "That's rich." Like in that, like there were a couple moments like, there uh, where he like went like, <clears throat> like he had like Rich's little like pop yeah. Like, he just has the mannerisms and the ticks and things, and it's what? it's glorious. I saw this in theaters in two thousand and four. This was probably so I was working at the theater. Uh, my senior year of high school and we were just a local eight plex that didn't get a lot of like the art house movies we got you know the mainstream stuff um but this was the first year that i was really getting into you know the independent oscar films that i wanted you know to know more about movies and this was at the top of the list that entire fall going into oscar season of like the movie that you should check out it was a great oscar year as well and I also recognized that it was done by Alexander Payne. And one of my favorite movies at the time was About Schmidt. I absolutely loved About Schmidt. I also saw About Schmidt in theaters, uh, probably earlier than I should have. I was like 15 when I went to go see About Schmidt in theaters. So I went with my good buddy, Matt Levin, who was very similar uh, taste in movies at the time. We went and uh, went to the bigger theater in town that got a couple art house Oscar movies um, at a time, especially around that time of year saw it fell in love with it and honestly over the past almost 20 years which is crazy at this point it might be one of my most rewatched movies i absolutely fucking love this movie and i still laugh like it's the first time i've seen it in so many different parts i think this is a masterpiece i agree i also love like I love the simplicity and yet it had great cinematography at the same time. You know, I feel like it's also so cusp nineties. Yeah. That even though it came out in 04, it brings you back very much to that more, not innocent time, but simple time. Yeah. More, more. That's a great way of putting it. Yeah. They're both great ways to put it. Um, based on your uh, body language and disposition, I don't think you share our love for this movie. No, no, no. I think it's a great movie. Okay. What you you're not as enthusiastic, I don't feel like. And do you have a reason why that is? No. 
Okay. I didn't see it in theaters. No, no, you were just sitting here and I was like, oh, like frumpy, like mm, no. you know, sideways. That's how I judged it just a moment. Well, you're ago. a judgy person. <laughs> like, no, I think this is a good movie. I, I have not seen it. It's been a minute since I've seen it. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, I mean, I feel like I've seen it every day for like the last 16 years. No, Stop it. I know, I, I can't. <laughs> that was like my first note though for this movie. So I had to get out. No, I think it's a great movie. I think it's really well done. And I'm a big fan of Alexander Payne. Election is one of my favorite movies. So this is the third of his movies we've done for yeah. the podcast. Election is one of my favorites. We've done Election. Yeah. We've done About Schmidt. Yeah. Um, we, we I, I also, I think probably the last time I watched this was just like pretending to work from home <laughs> six months ago, just on whatever streaming service that it was on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Alexander Payne, I think at the end of the day, and I might've said this on about Schmidt, which we did last year, uh, might be like in his uh, filmography, one of my top five favorite directors. It's probably not like the best thing to say nowadays. He is, kind of a he's a piece a, of shit yeah everyone's prob- a piece of shit probably you know it's, everyone's done something that's a piece of shit yeah he's he's his name has been brought up in those conversations you know the rose mcgowan stuff um he does have a new movie coming out this year that has a lot of buzz starring paul giamatti in the lead again i don't remember what the name of it is so i'm, ex- I'm excited to see that um but you always have to bring it up when you're when you're discussing it but mm-hmm. his just ability to make these movies about just fucking sad, pathetic fucking people that never fucking win. And it's just realistic between, you know, Matthew Broderick in Election and, and Jack Nicholson and About Schmidt and Paul Giamatti in this, George Clooney in The Descendants, which I haven't even seen. Um, he just fucking it's a slice of life. nails it and gets and- the slice of life. And always in each one of those movies, he puts a microscope on whether it be high school life or whether it be, you know, getting old and middle this, age, middle like, age and also wine country and wine culture. I mean, he took a movie. Oh man. The pretentiousness. And yeah. Oh, it's amazing. It's, it's great. He took a book that wasn't published. And so I don't even know how he fucking got it, read the book, fell in love with it, immediately like bought the rights to it. Then the book was released basically at the same time that the movie was and turned it into you know, back when the Oscars only nominated five best pictures, a movie that got, you know, best picture, best director, best uh, supporting actor, best supporting actress, extremely controversially not best actor. Paul Giamatti was, I think, one of the most famous snubs ever for this movie. Not getting mm-hmm. wild. Um, yeah, well, we can pull up that list to, to, and you can see the three people that did get nominated that shouldn't have. Um, yeah, this movie is just funny and dramatic and like to your point wonderfully shot wonderfully directed the music fucks it's just got so much to it that makes it a, 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 like i said a fucking classic um and the chemistry between the four main actors is incredible too yeah like, incredible just, you know, just a great great casting yes and one thing that stood out to me that like i just adored about the film and the way it was shot and produced was that pretty much every single home looked like an actual lived in non-curated house they were a mess they were you know they looked like a mess that was actually lived in you know the rooms like it wasn't some glossy napa that like i feel like i've heard of right 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 
very down to earth and like like not cali in the way i think you see cali a lot even beyond the houses just i've looked up so many times like going to california and just going to like the hitching post and going to uh the windmill like mm -hmm. hotel and just that's the kind of stuff that like as a kid i feel like i was just in like being a road trip family and not flying everywhere and like driving to like parts and seeing the touristy thing that's going on not like wine country but going to you know in ohio driving to pennsylvania five hours away and doing the outlet mall and the kitschy little amish thing and then driving back and seeing the slice of life people it's just quaint and this movie is is quaint in a way of having lower stakes but having higher emotion and just making you kind of fear like you know we're all technically probably 10 years away from this maybe even less than like kind of what the demographic of these people are and um that's gross i mean like we're fine like, <laughs> like we're okay like we're all much better off than miles is and, I mean, and, to, and to yeah, an extent, until we reach our mid 40s until i write the day after yesterday <laughs> which i already kind of have with all the movies and stuff i wrote shut the fuck up um yeah it's just just the moment you meet miles like the way the movie fucking starts in five minutes you have his fucking croissant order doing the puzzle in the car his face while he's flossing no, my favorite lying on the phone it's just my like you know exactly part. who the fuck this guy is you've yeah. seen him in the store every fucking day he's, of your life he's running late he's freaking out he's on the phone running late takes the time to take a shit like while yeah. reading a book yeah reading a book <laughs> takes the time gotta gotta cleanse the bowels not in a rush you know um yeah i think that like like was the encapsulation of this person like you're right like you knew exactly who it was from the first five minutes all of these traits good and bad right well and i think part of that too like you know i mean we can see actual some mannerisms of our very dear friend rich and paul giamatti but i think what's so crazy about specifically miles and jack is it i'm pretty sure mm -hmm. jack, yep. that i bet anyone could be like i know who these two people are mm -hmm. in my life you know, oh yeah, absolutely. So Can say it um, over and over again. <laughs> I know who these two people are in my life as well. And it's intimately know. They're they're not necessarily archetypes, but there are like one of my one of my things always like minorly bothered me about this movie because I've seen it in other movies as well. Is like there's no way in hell that these guys would still be friends. That's like that's not true. There's no that's way in hell. That's not true. You're friends with people you shouldn't be friends with still. I don't even know what that means. Oh, you know. <laughs> I don't know. But like the point, like they were called, they were, I think he said. Freshman might, college roommates. So one year and they veered, veered into totally different lifestyles. And Miles is the most important person in Jack's life to be his best man. Like it just, it just sticks in my crawl a little bit of like, I don't know. I, I think you're totally wrong. It's like the I, hangover thing. It's like, how the fuck are these three guys friends? I think you're totally wrong. So I do to a point understand what you're saying, Mullet, but I think what I gathered and why I believe that they'd still be friends is because Miles is the only one who's willing to feed into Jack's bullshit 
and allow yeah. it to happen. Everyone else can see like you're a sex addict and, you know, self-sabotager, but they're both toxic together and like yeah. willing to like live with the worst parts of each other. And so I think, I mean, I've seen it, <laughs> you know, where it's like, we should like, I even feel like I have some friends where like, if we met each other now, we wouldn't be, mm -hmm. but we still are because of the bond we've had and like, mm -hmm. you know, what we've been through together. Yeah, exactly. You did a much better job of that than, than Sam did. So I, I get it now. Um, do we have, I mean, I have so many notes. I wish but I wasn't friends with you. Do we have, <laughs> we're not friends. Uh, do we, do we have a, a favorite scene or a favorite part of the movie? I reckon we might have all different answers, but. Um, oh my gosh. Favorite scene. Oh, there's so many up there's for. So many. There's a lot. Like. I think the one that like Paul Giamatti just like won me over with his like acting, though it's not necessarily my favorite scene of the film, was when he actually did see Victoria at the wedding. Like at the end, how, like the tears in his eyes, like. How you don't win everything from that scene, right. let alone get, get nominated. nominated. It's. It's. Definitely. Some of the most jaw-dropping acting I've ever seen in my life. Just how he has every emotion instantaneously in that that fucking truth bomb. It's a masterclass and it's a tragedy that he wasn't recognized. Not to step on our later stuff, but like it's fair to say Paul Giamatti is the MVP of this movie. There's Absolutely. there's there's competition, but like it has to be him because like just the casting of him being you know a character actor i mean he was he was the funny white guy in big mama's house you know what i mean like yeah. he was known he had a reputation of being you know a great actor giving him this leading role is just a stroke oh. of genius, and he fucking owns it he does and it's, it's beautiful yeah that's i have that marked later on as probably the best scene in the movie because also the follow-up of you know, the penultimate scene of building up this bottle of wine this entire time for the right moment. And it's drinking Boom. out of him in a fast food restaurant, in a fast yeah. food restaurant, eating a burger and drinking it out of a fucking styrofoam yeah. cup. Yeah, that that culmination was great. It's um, beautiful. I like the I think all of like the wine tasting scenes are really great. I love the first one when he's like taking the time and like explaining all the things you do and like you swirl it up and then you put your nose in there and everything. And he's like, are you chewing gum? Are like, I think that's hilarious. That's probably my top five favorite hilarious. lines in the movie ever. Just the way it's delivered. Are you chewing gum? Mm -hmm. It was, that was so incredible. Um, and God, I will say anytime I see Thomas Hayden church, I just think of George of the jungle. <laughs> see, I, so this is a wings heavy episode. I think of the show wings that Tony Shalhoub was on, which was basically Cheers, but in an airport. <laughs> oh, that sounds incredible. You've never heard of the show Cheers? No. Oh, you don't show the Wings no, no. before? I've heard, never heard of Wings. I've, yeah. I've watched Cheers. It was it was on NBC for like a good five or six years. Like it was a very popular show. It had uh, Thomas Hayden Church was like the dumb mechanic. Tony Shalhoub was like the funny foreigner. Uh, Steven Weber and Tim Daly were like the main leads. It was a great cast. I, I recommend it, it. It holds up. It's very, very good. But that's what he was known for. And then he did another NBC like rom-com called like Ned and Stacy, I want to say. And then he kind of just 
like his character, just his career was kind of done. Um, and then he gets this and he kind of has this whole second half and ends up being fucking Sandman and, you know, everybody else in this movie besides Paul Giamatti and to a lesser extent Sandra Oh, you know, like this is kind of their peak still. Um, but it's, it's amazing how this cast fits together and just fucking crushes it. So you both named, um, I was going to say the first wine tasting for that was a great scene. All of it. Um, I mean, the, they literally killed the Merlot business (laughs) in this movie. Like Merlot sales, plummeted because of this movie because of how famous yeah i'm not i'm not drinking fucking merlot is and then and then on the uh, flip side of it side yeah pino Pino went through the roof yeah uh isn't it wild like Uh, how that kind of stuff can influence i did not know that so that so the that leading into the like the first dinner scene and just like the the beginning to end deterioration of miles just going into the drunk dial is oh. classic filmmaking storytelling um i also really like i really like the misadventures of jack um all of the scenes like when Christine finds out that he's getting married and then like beats the shit out of him. Not with Christine. Her. Um, no, Christine. No, Christine's his uh, his uh, future wife, um, Stephanie. Oh, Stephanie. Yeah, Sandra Rose's character. Whomever. When she beats the be- shit with the helmet. Yes. The shit that breaks his goddamn nose. Hilarious. That was a big swerve. This movie also had 31 swerves. Maddie, this is a gimmick that Samantha is forcing onto the show every week. I'm not forcing it onto the show. You didn't think that was going to happen. You didn't think that was going to happen. And then all of a sudden, she bops him in the face with the motorcycle helmet, breaks his nose. That's a swerve. That's the definition of a swerve. I did because I, he, yeah, I I did know because it's the natural progression. No, because you've seen the movie before. But people who didn't see the movie before. I do want to point out that when she's beating the ever-loving crap out of him, she's wearing a peace sign shirt. There you go. <laughs> swerve, swerve. 32 swerve. Sand- 32 swerve. Thanks, now, Maddie. Keep that movie. up and you'll be new guy again. Um, <laughs> Sandra Owen, this movie is very interesting to me because of everything that she's doing uh, and the fact that she was married to Alexander Payne at the time of this movie taking place. Uh, which is fun for the scene where she's just getting plowed by Thomas Hayden Church in the hotel room. Um, that was shocking, that moment. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, His bare ass. Where is he on your on your man ass? I, I haven't been keeping track list. of my man butt list, unfortunately. You're, you're... Uh, apparently, she had some strong feelings about the character, and there was a lot of changes from what the book had for Stephanie's character, to the point where the writer, Rex Pickett, when he wrote the sequel to Sideways, called Vertical... Um, which I actually bought. I'm going to read sometime soon, hopefully. Um, She's basically, she's not in the book, because why would she be in the book based on what happens here? But in a throwaway line, it's real that she's a prostitute in Reno. (laughs) And it's basically attributed to the fact of what she did to the character in the movie. And I'm like, that's petty. (laughs) I think so too. She she does a good job, and her character kind of gets a fucking raw deal in this movie of she does nothing wrong and gets her life basically ripped away from her from what she's expecting in the course of 72 hours. Um, uh, so yeah, so other scenes I'll just highlight that I love 
him in, at his mom's house is oh. just hilariously and tragically painful and fucking accurate. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it great. Yes. Oh my gosh. And that's what I mean about like the authenticness of the homes, but also the environment, like the yes. way the characters interacted, like the, his relationship with his mother, stealing cash out of her Ajax. And then she's like, do you need some money? Right. So, so here's an, I've always wanted to ask this and I think I know the answer. Does he take more money from her when she offers? Oh, yes. See, I don't think he does. He if, does. if Jack wasn't there, I think he would. But I think because Jack is there, I don't want, I don't think he wants to display to Jack the need to do it. Disagree. So I think he stole it so that he could be like, oh no, like I'm good. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's what I think. Um, I would have taken it. By the way, did you notice that Christine, Jack's fiance, is like the, she was in Orange is the New Black. She was the, we didn't watch that show. Haven't seen that show. Okay. Well, it was the only other thing I've ever seen her in, and it was way before on just the new black. So I was like, oh, wow. That's cool. Um, I love the first diner scene. It's just great setting up where we're going um, and kind of getting a sense of their background. This movie does a really good job of avoiding too much exposition and letting you infer everything's going on. Like the stealing the money scene, you see the picture frames of him and his dad and him and his ex-wife and him and the happy sister and their family. And then, you know, you do have moments of the characters taking time between the two of them to kind of talk out what's been going on in their lives, but it's not, it's, it doesn't feel inauthentic. It, it's it, not in a conversational way, like two guys that are catching up because they're too fucking busy or in their own worlds to really right. keep in contact with another the way that a best man and a groom should. Exactly. And, and I, yeah, I think that that is spot on. Um, I think also this movie and one of my favorite scenes as well, like this movie is like what you do for your friends. So I do disagree with your statement earlier that like these guys wouldn't be friends. I feel like those bonds of friendship do run deep. And I don't mean that it wouldn't be like friends. I don't think the they'd allegiance. be like best man. No, like I, I feel like the allegiance is there. And I think it's, it's absolutely, I think Maddie said it spot on, like, you know, they're there for each other. They have these bonds, like they are absolutely best friends. And, it's like the things you do for your friends, like um, Miles running in on the couple that was fucking after the husband caught her and uh, to get the wallet and everything. Like scene. that's hilarious. And the naked guy running down the street chasing him. So, I love that. For, I love that scene, like how insane that gets for the fact insane. that you would never think the movie's gonna go to that place. Yeah, no. it's a huge swerve. <laughs> stab you in the eye uh so maddie pointed out uh christine being from orange and black did you recognize uh the guy in that guy. in that scene uh the, the naked guy naked uh, cammy's cammy's husband if you will no uh, wrestler. It's, it's, uh, and he's not a wrestler is uh is mc ganey um he is been in many things he was one of the brittle brothers in django unchained he was uh, one of the convicts in Con Air. But why I'm especially referencing it to you, Samantha, is he is the limo driver in the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> in the first Mighty Ducks movie. That's, That's incredible. That yeah. So also, way to be a Mighty Ducks fan. If I'm going to add to our list of favorite scenes. And see his dick in the Mighty Ducks. I mean, it's completely. Quack, 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 Mr. Ducks. I was going to say it was cool to see a penis in a movie from 2004. Bull and Flappy Man dick. Let's go for it. Yeah. Like, you know, I feel like it was very penis 
business forward, you know, which was nice. Um, but I was going to say, like, you know, we're talking about all the scenes we like, and it's amounting to pretty much the whole movie, which is how you know it's good. But the, like, incredible scene between Miles and Maya, where he talks about Pinot and he's talking about himself, like a Pinot grape needs to be cared for to bring mm -hmm. out, you know, its truest, like, you know, self and whatever. Mm -hmm. And then Maya has, he's like, why do you like wine? And she turned me on with her yeah. conversation about yeah. the history of wine, the people who touched it. It's still growing even now. It's peaking. And she's like holding his hand. And I was like, this is the hottest wine has ever been. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's like, make it sexy. It is at the end of the day, probably the most famous and like well-regarded scene in this movie. Like she basically gets nominated for the Oscar for that scene alone. Um, going to be perfectly honest it's never been my favorite like on my list because to me really? it's a little too sh uh, understatedly showy i like, don't think it, so it, it, it is it is if i were to like think about what does a common audience think a potentially pretentious independent film is it's a scene like that that's a little too like in the smell of its own fart. But I, dis <laughs> I, I disagree because I think up until that point, excuse me, like this girl was hitting every note for him. Oh, sure. Every single note. Too blind to see it or too dumb to care about it mm -hmm. until that scene. And I think it's an eye opener because he was like the one that had like the high bar what's pretentious or whatever and I think Miles and Jack had a conversation earlier in the movie about it like um and I think he realized like he was beat like snobby for no reason because like th th this girl may not know as much as he does about wine but it's like about the feeling. And I think that mm. that's what that scene portrayed. And I agree with Maddie. I still think it's a great scene. I just, well, when, you're, you're, when you're people wrong. are, can, let me just say my fucking opinions. Thank you. Um, <laughs> when people are like regaling the virtues of this movie, it deserves to be on that list, but not to the degree that at least I've read and seen it. So that's just, maybe it's how much I know and love about the movie. My only devil's advocate to that is that I think, and I, I didn't necessarily think this the first time, but like rewatching it the second time, it is the only like really humanizing educational moment for the women in the movie. Like everything else really revolves just around their the men that they have relationships with. Mm -hmm. So it's the first time that you're like gathering that she's like a full person with these ideas and thoughts. And You're a hundred percent right in that that is ultimately i think why it is you guys are probably right then and i'm wrong is it is their moment to her moment and women in general in the, mo in the movie's moment to shine so you're you are correct um <laughs> things you didn't like about the movie either scenes not necessarily performances because we're going to performances a little bit later when we do lvp because we already basically gave mvp um but anything you didn't necessarily like about the movie i'll i'll start <laughs> It does get a little too contemplative and slow at moments. There's always a, a, a moment for it to pick itself back up, but there there are some stretches where like we can we can whip this along a little bit. We we could have cut 20 minutes of one more scene of fucking Miles being sad or 
you know, another little extra conversation with Miles and Jack, like when they're, when he finds out about uh, Victoria being at the wedding and getting remarried and stuff that, that goes on a little bit too, too long for me. Um, so that's it. The other biggest complaint out of the movie is I get, it's probably the, the culture of the area that we're in, in their age group, but just fucking cut the golf stuff if neither guy can fucking golf. Like, it is so bad, so hard to watch Paul Giamatti swing a fucking golf club in this movie. As someone who doesn't golf at all, I had no reference for it. But on watching it the second time, when Jack's giving him the advice, like, stand on, like, you know, this part of your feet and do rubber, I was like, that's terrible golfing advice. Like, <laughs> that was funny to me because I had no, I was, I would have just been like, oh, yeah, he needs to do that more. And Rob's like, what is he telling him? You know? See, I'm, I'm fine with that because it shows, like, like, Jack doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about either. So <laughs> yeah. it's perfect character building stuff. But, like the whole movie they're talking about like we're gonna go drink some good wine we're gonna play some golf and it's like okay these guys you know like their age group and where they're at and miles have been up there before like they have to be like serviceable at it i'm not asking them to be fucking you know warren mcelroy or anything but like the first time you see him swing by himself you're like oh god why are we making that part of his character can we have him be just like okay and it's just you know do we have to have miles get torn down to the, the level where he's not even good at the thing he's been talking about right, right. it's just it, it takes me a little bit out of the movie that scene is still great when jack's you know flailing the golf club around and of course miles has like the perfect shot when he's hitting back into them but it, it just takes me out a, a little bit of it um i tend to agree also because the movie was over two hours and i feel like that movie didn't need to be so if you no. cut off some of that yeah i think that's a that's true. Um, Samantha, do you have anything you'd uh, that I didn't point? really like? Yeah. Um... Great. <laughs> uh... <laughs> the most depressing thing about this movie to me <laughs> is the fact that in California in 2004, not even 20 years ago, gas was a dollar seventy. <laughs> I saw that, that is too. what I hated about this movie made my stomach hurt. I know. I was like, when we saw that sign, the gas sign, I was like, yeah. and that was Cali. So it was probably lower everywhere else. Less than a dollar here. You know how much driving? No wonder they drove all over wine country. Yeah. You know? You could afford right. it. Right. Exactly. I, though, it's, this is going to be very nitpicky. But the scenes that I that <laughs> both bothered me and Rob were the ones where more for the safety of the actors were when Miles and Jack are using a, the pull off of a side of a road as a sidewalk at night to walk to the hitching post. <laughs> Like they're literally, and we're watching these cars fly by, and we're like, I'm sure they're not part of this film. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like they are not budget. These are people just driving by that could easily clip these actors who should be on a goddamn sidewalk. Like, you know, yeah. you're right. You're right. I mean, it's, it's obviously blatant done for the intentions of like, oh, they're close enough and they're going to get drunk later where they, sh they shouldn't be driving home and not encouraging drunk driving, which is something very admirable about this movie that there's never, I think, a, an instance of somebody being intoxicated or even close to it getting behind the wheel of a car. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that, that did stick out to me. I was like, man, there's a lot of like walking to places in this movie and it just doesn't seem right. Doesn't seem right. Um, I, 
some of the Miles book stuff, maybe because I'm a writer myself, gives me such anxiety. Because, <laughs> like, I don't want to have something with a bad title that takes two boxes to give to somebody to read. Um, Hilarious gag pulling out the second box. The second box is so fucking funny. So funny. Um, and I, I've always been fine with, like, like, snowball movies of just putting a character through the fucking ringer. Um, it, 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 it can wear on you a little bit with Miles because he's just such a fucking mess and you want him to get a win. And even when he gets one, like when him and Maya finally hook up and they kind of have like a nice day at this fair and like Mm -hmm. he's popping popcorn. It's okay. You get two minutes of it. And then he, he screws the pooch, you know, telling her the truth. And then you're right back to the downward spiral. Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, he definitely goes through the ringer, but that's why it's like so funny that at the end, he's willing to break into a house where he should definitely get shot to mm-hmm. steal wedding rings with dolphins on them and their names engraved in Sanskrit. <laughs> definitely. Hell, you know, I couldn't, I can't believe it. So, and, and, and nitpick I have prior to that scene. So I love the scene of Tom and Hate. Like, the, if Virginia Madsen got nominated for, you know, the why I like mm-hmm. Pino scene, mm-hmm. Thomas Hayden Church gets nominated for his meltdown naked. Oh, about, yeah. About the rings about and, the and rings. about losing Christine. Um, shout out to him being the only person in the audition to actually strip down naked and do that scene. That's how he got the part. Was really? He, good, he committed the fuck him. to it and just, like, did it. Good on him. But... Uh, the, the, the definition of the, the measurement click indicates he ran five miles. Is, is that what's indicated there? He ran five miles? Barefoot in Northern California? Like, what? Yeah. I believe it. And got pecked at by ostriches? I believe it. Ostriches are mean motherfuckers. I'm not denying the meanness of ostriches. Ostr- I can't say ostriches. What, it, how, what, ostriches. Are, what, is, what is it? Man, we can't buy any movies as ostrich on the back of a book. <laughs> oh, I'm going to buy them all. Right. I am screwed. And speaking of kind of that moment and him hooking up with that woman, I only on this second rewatch of the movie really realized that Jack describes women the way Miles describes grapes. Oh, like, yeah. Like, you know, oh, she's like the soft, grateful type. You know, like that just like, what is he saying? He's she just handed him a biscuit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, Yeah, he just he just can't fucking help himself. It's there's an underlying current of like addiction here. Like you already mentioned earlier, like a kind of sex addiction. And then obviously Miles has some form of alcohol problem. Um, But showing each person's vice and what it does to them is is like there's no reason why he needs to, after everything he's been through why he had to fucking do he that. had the broken nose that's when like it pushed it to this next level of like oh this is like not this is a problem like he's not just a piece of shit like this yeah. is like he's also he's a piece of shit with a problem you know? yeah, yeah 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 exactly yeah. Um, I will say that's epic best man shit, though. I'm not going to do that for Rich. If <laughs> You're absolutely going to do that well, see, for Rich. I've already saved his life a couple times in situations like that, and I'm not going to do it again anymore. Her again. The time I'm most mad at Jack is when he crashes the car. Oh, like, like he said it looked like a car. Like, he doesn't stop being a jerk. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he doesn't get better after 
everything that happens. That's why I love, I think there's so many great, like Giamatti has so many amazing line deliveries in this. Of course, Merlot, I mentioned earlier. Um, the gum. Uh, the gum one. I love the way he goes, you fucking derelict. Yes. <laughs> yes. But oh my, my favorite, and I think like if I were to make a list of like, Throw away, throw away lines in comedies. You know, I I gotta have big gulps. On, I'll catch you later. And Dumb and Dumber up there. There's there's so many, but I would put up there. Uh, can I get a barely legal, please? Oh no, the new one. <laughs> I literally have that in my notes here. Those exact two lines. That is gotta be one of the greatest throwaway jokes in a movie of all time. You could literally show that 15 seconds in a film class and say i want you to write a 15 page paper on what everything about that character from yep. that line alone yep, absolutely. the fact that that guy knows the difference between the most recent copy of barely legal and is on vacation is going to go back to his room rub one out he wants the new one he wants the new one he's already he read that one there is to see with the first one well and this brings me to other lines that i have written down of his please uh when he gets his first sip of wine at the hitching post at the bar with jack and he's like you know oh uh how is it and he goes tighter than a nun's asshole yeah so good like what and then i have i haven't even looked this up uh in the dictionary but he also described a one glass of wine as quaffable quaffable yeah, that, that's what I was gonna, the next one i was gonna say it was quaffable quaffable sounds like like a Harry Potter thing. What's quaffable? Like how? What is yeah, that? Yeah, you know? it's it's what you you use. Harry, watch Quidditch. out! There's a quaffable over there. It's a quaffable. Get out of the way. Um, and then uh, oh, what did that one just remind me of? Oh, his line where he talks about how he's like a piece of excrement on a tissue floating out to sea, and he's like, "See, Miles, you're so good with words. I could never say something like that." He's like, "I didn't come up with it. It was Bukowski." It was Bukowski. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. That's <laughs> a great line. It's just so good. Um, this is a weird question to ask two women, one of them being my wife. Have you ever bought porn in a store? No. I'm just curious. I no. It was like a thing in college to go to Xmart at night with my girlfriends on the weekend. Sure. Buy porn. Never wow. went to never went to that Xmart. Uh, Xmart. I was at thirteenth, right? Never went. Yes. Never went. Never went. I've, I've always wanted to. The only oh, you've always wanted to. No, 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 no. I'm... You've always wanted to go. You just didn't. No, this is not any better. I've always wanted to. The three places I can remember like seeing porn magazines to buy were a gas station, mm -hmm. Barnes and Noble, like at the very, very top of like the men's intersection. Or they used to be at the fucking airport. And I always wanted to just like buy a hustler and just read it on the plane. Cause like it's literally their post security for you to buy to read. Like why? In what? Like there's no privacy on an airplane for you to even like have the magazine open and look at it. You could be next to a child for all you know. So I've always wanted to do that kind of as a slash gag slash bucket list thing. So maybe I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. The one man, the one hand mile high club. Yeah, there you, you go. You are a gross piece of shit. <laughs> I've never done it. I've just been curious about no, it. No, it's gross. It but people. I don't know. I worked at FYE all through high school. Oh, they had a big porn section back Huge in the day. Huge porn section. Behind those little, like, um... Behind the Playboy Bunny, uh... Like, like covers on those. Covers, yeah. Like, covers. they were, they were, uh... Yeah, you couldn't see through them or anything. 
nasty people. And people would always think like that I couldn't tell where they were going in the stores, like the back left corner. People come and make a beeline did and then like, just hang out over there. Did they, did they sell? Like, did you sell them? Or were they, do you, do you ever recall selling? <laughs> do I ever recall selling? That's interesting. Because that section so always looks so worked, fucking stock. It's like, what is this here so for? So I worked there from the ages of eight, of 16. I got the job two days after my, or like two weeks after my 16th birthday mm -hmm. until I went off to college. And I don't think I ever sold a single one. We had to have like, um, they were in the those cases yeah, that yeah, you had to do the. Yeah, the, pop them open. Yeah, you had to open them and everything. But I think it's because like they were like, you know, old gross men didn't want to come check out with the 16 year old girl checking out the porn right yeah. like but i worked with um some other guys that i probably maybe i'm sure they had that, to, that to carry they, them they sold and we had a pretty big section it was at the aventura mall huge. it was a big section and we we would have to like clean it up and like Ew, don't oh, put it like that no we would like it would be like a disaster and messy and we would have to make sure also that like the covers were on there because it was like this section, there was like other things on the wall. So like if children would go by, you know, like we had to make sure like they weren't I remember out it was, it was always by the, it was always by the wrestling section. Which yeah, was of course it was. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Nasty. Um, Nasty motherfucker. The so, other. Go ahead, Maddie. I was going to say this might be random, but have you all noticed because I only picked up on it basically towards the end of the film, how like the songs tie into the plot? A little bit. The one that I noticed was uh, when they were at the bar and he's like drinking, uh, Miles is drinking by himself and it's the time where Jack comes in and is like, I think I have to put the wedding on hold. I think yeah. I want, they're, and they're, she's talking about how he thinks that Stephanie's the one, they're playing two tickets to paradise at the time. Mm. Oh, I didn't notice that. That's funny. So now I want to like go back and see what other songs are playing. That's at funny. So I have that scene written down as a question I want to ask. Is Jack's idea really that crazy? Like, like Miles obviously has a passion and a knack for it. It's More so than writing, as is obvious by the fact that he's a failed writer. Jack has connections and enthusiasm. Like, why why is that like looked at as such like a hmm? Granted, the next scene is him like kind of almost like in a sociopathic way, like infiltrating this family's life by like buddying it up with this woman's daughter at a bowling alley um so it's not healthy at all but i don't think it's the craziest idea that miles thinks that it is i, I think it's not a crazy idea at all if he's not supposed to get married in two days to another woman well sure <laughs> no, but like i'm just saying like i do think oh we could do this and it could be here and you could have the winery and we could write and it could be and i could go to like that all i think like if you subtract the wedding out of it is like great but i also think if you're assuming that these people have been best friends since freshman year of college this is the hundredth time jack has done this to him sure that's a fair point that's like, a fair point he's that's had plenty of absolutely hairbrained ideas yeah he's had plenty of schemes I mean, that miles is like no thing. it's the same thing thing like you me steven lolly always talk about we're gonna open a like a a toy store slash comic book shop with a restaurant in the back so steve can be the chef like they're gonna say uh podcast marathon or <laughs> talking back the rich it's like those all work very very well excuse me uh, uh podcast marathon raises money for connor's cure here's a, another blow your mind casting moment sam didn't recognize this i pointed out did you recognize the actress that plays stephanie's mom 
I did recognize her, but I couldn't pin it down. She's another mom from a movie about 10 years prior. She's the mom from Hocus Pocus. <gasps> Madonna? Oh my God, yes. I yep. know. I didn't recognize. Blew my mind. Didn't recognize until this this viewing. So that's that's just something that's that's funny to me. Um, a couple of little things I wanted to just point out. I already talked about a bachelor party week. Ridiculous yet inspirational. Um, the other little like minor scenes that I appreciate the next morning after, you know, kind of uh, Jack and uh, Stephanie hook up and Miles has like his alone day, you know, their conversation is good advancement of Miles calling him out on his bullshit on talk to Stephanie. Another great character building thing for Miles that I love is him in the hot tub grading fucking school papers. Oh yeah, that's hilarious. Like, how the fuck is that shit not that's like every hilarious. time I've ever tried to be in a pool or a, any type of body of water and read, it's like, no, the pages are going to get wet immediately. Immediately. Oh, How that, that was funny. I mean, funny. women read in the bathtub all the time. That's, like, see, that's different because you're in like an inside controlled environment that's your own. You can set up things and be prepared for drying my hands off or whatever. But like, if you're just in a pool, you have no control over the flow of water and whatever leaves, else. Leaves. Yeah. It, someone it, else going in. Yeah. It's 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 fucking stupid. Um. Well, so worked wanna, out for him. I want to point that out. Uh, the the after um, Maya gets revealed to her and Jack and uh, Miles, you know, Jack being the typical guy like wanting details and then and then doesn't think that he did the deal and you know has some problematic language associated with it. <laughs> we haven't talked about the scene. Probably the maybe the second most famous scene of the movie is Miles finding out. Excuse me, Miles finding out that the book deal is not going through. And then fucking drinking the spit bucket. Yes, I, I called it. Uh, that was next in my notes. I said uh, Miles drinking the spittoon of wine. Yes. Uh, so I've never actually been to like a wine tasting like that. How like is there always that much wine in those things? And is it just people that like? Yeah. Well, because you're not like you're supposed to like taste swirl it, it around you're to actually and, drink it, and right? then some people spit it out, or yeah. you know, you pour the rest out. Yeah, there, I mean, there could be a lot. That was a big-ass bucket to catch all that stuff in. Honestly, it just took me back to the days of our youth when we were in college playing Ring of Fire and, like, you had the King Cup that everyone was mm -hmm. pouring into and then someone had to drink it. But, yet he, like, he just went into total self-destruct mode, you know, and was just yeah. in front of everybody. I That was hilarious. Yeah, it's 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 a funny yet devastating scene. Um, something I noticed when uh, when Miles comes when they come back and Stephanie beats him up, Miles has a a champs bag. That, I like, they, that too. Did they go? Did he go buy? Because Jack earlier on the movie is like, do you have any different shoes? Yeah. When, did they just go go buy new shoes yeah. at, the, at the end of the trip for some reason? That must have been it. I wonder if there was like a cut scene of him getting a different pair of shoes. Because I thought the same thing. I was like, that's a brand new like Champs plastic bag. Like, there are seven deleted scenes on this Blu-ray. I don't think I've ever watched. I may need to go back and plug them in and see what, what it is. Um, what they are. Lastly, before we dive into performances and names and LVP, what does everyone think about the that the, the ultimate ending of the movie like the letter and and him going back and seeing her potentially going to see well her. i i think that it's interesting one of the things that you said earlier about alexander Payne and 
what he chooses to make films about. And mm -hmm. I think what you said was like, it's like, you know, you know, shit out of luck, depressed as fuck, like people, and it's like the snapshot. I actually thought that this ending was um, hopeful. Like that was like the feeling I got with that voicemail. I mean, you know, who the fuck leaves a voicemail anymore? But then I got to remember this was almost 20 years ago. 20 years ago, yeah. So then I'm like, okay, yes, voicemail. Um, but I, I felt like it was hopeful and, you know, it, it is that ambiguous ending because you don't know. Does he ignore it or does he go back? Like what what does happen? Um, but that that's kind of what I felt was that hopefulness. And I thought it was a little bit misplaced place like yeah. it was like out of place having that feeling after watching this movie because i don't think that that's but maybe that is what the intention was because like yes this is like a snap of life but you know that hopefulness is something that we always have to strive for right like there was the hope throughout the movie of like the book deal going through you know like that was the macguffin of the movie it just kept the plot going forward I hate you and, you're and wrong. huh i hate you and you're wrong i'm not Keep going wrong. But but that so that's kind of like what I felt. So I, I, I'm not sure if I liked it. I appreciated the voicemail. I thought it was really well done, kind of like a nice little like, you know, callback um to it. But it and it reminded me of No, the because right before that scene is the fast food scene, right? Mm -hmm. Like he breaks open that and then the, you the see, wine. And then after that, you see him just teaching his class. And, or that, and then the there, voicemail, and then right? The, yeah, yeah. So it reminds me of that Lemony Snicket um, quote, my poster that, mm -hmm. that you got me. It's like, if, um, if we wait until we're ready, we'll be waiting for the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. And I think like that, that's kind of what it reminded me of, of like this, like, You've got to just go for it. Like, you've got to just do it. And I don't think that that was the intention. Manny? I, I really loved the ending because I'm, I'm a, an optimistic sucker. Sure. Sure, um, yeah. But I think, so how I saw it was as she, he's hearing the voicemail, one, what... A, what great voice acting on that voicemail like yep. that really stood out to me yes um it felt like she was in the room but then he already started driving up as you keep hearing the voicemail he's in the car to her house so it, it gives the impression that he's like I'm not gonna fuck it up again this time like I'm going there right now um and it ends with him knocking on her door and I thought like for a guy who's now been divorced for like two and a half years and, you know, is like figuring out the book thing and he sees a woman who like actually knows what she wants, you know, the horticulture, her studying, her ending school. Like, yeah. um, I think the crazier thing is that she would be into him at all, to be honest. Uh, but I, I liked it. I See, it. The, I like it too. I almost wish it was tweaked just a little bit as the more so be like a, her leaving him a voicemail, letting him know, like, she read the book and she liked it. And you get those, you know, those autobiographical tidbits that kind of give you color as to why Miles is the way that he is. It's assumed that his dad committed suicide mm -hmm. and his sister's a mess and all these other things. Um, and her kind of coming to grips to that for him 
and just being like, hey, if I see you, you know, like, you know, take care of yourself. And I prefer like him, maybe necessarily going to her house, but him just going back to like a tasting there or going back to like that area and just like trying to get through it from the stuff that we've seen him be good at and enjoy was like kind of what I was hoping for and preferred the when I, when I watch it, but I'm ultimately fine with it because ultimately in the, the day, they are not destined to be together at all. <laughs> they will, they will go on a couple dates and it will just won't work. And you know, <laughs> that's how it is. I could have seen an ending in which he's at the hitching post asking for Maya and they're like oh she you know finished school she's not here anymore and then you hear that like while he's gone she's leaving this voicemail at his house you know about yeah. like what she thought and whatever like a missed connection kind of a thing because I feel like sure. that's more true for what's going to happen in his life because yeah. that's the thing is like honestly like the fact that all these beautiful intelligent women love these absolute messes you know um yep <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it's sweet. Uh, wanted to point out a couple things. So I referenced earlier. There's a there's a book sequel. Um, it's about Jack and Miles. Miles actually ends up becoming a successful writer. So I already hate the book. Oh, yeah. Um, no. <laughs> uh, but I will still probably read it at some point. And they go on a road trip with Miles's mom. And I then there was it. a third one. I think that just recently came out where they go to Chile or something. Um, I thought so, you were going to say Chili's, which I was like, if that's an entire book, I'm going to be so. I love it. I want to read go it. To Chili's Miles has like three cores lights and hates his life. I love so. it. Uh, the of course, the writer of the book was very interested in getting made into a movie. Alexander Payne had no interest and technically would own the rights to it, um, so that'll just never get made. Uh, everyone know what the the meaning of the title is because it's not explained or divulged in the uh in the movie under the table i do it's just being yeah. drunk yeah it's it's a it's a it's a uh, drunken phrase of how you feel when you've had too much to drink that's interesting i that makes a lot of sense i kind of thought it might have to do with the fact that wine is often stored on its side interesting oh, i never I thought like of that, that. better yeah. <laughs> yeah like that yeah so do i wine is sideways you know what i mean like it's often kept sideways and like and then they that way they can spin it so that like the silt doesn't just settle and stay on the bottom in one place yeah um so i'm wrong but uh that's what i was thinking by the way rob at the end of the movie he turned to me and he went was this a rom-com <laughs> i mean kind of that's I would kind say, of the thing about the ending right it kind of makes it a rom-com yeah. yeah it's 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 a dramedy it is definitely a yeah. dramedy in the in the purest sense um so would you call it a romedy <laughs> <sighs> sure it would be it would be a romedy <laughs> um yeah, it's just a it's just a great human movie. So we already gave Paul Giamatti the MVP of the movie. Mm -hmm. uh, if I had to say a number two, I'm gonna go Thomas Hayden Church, just because he is a fucking he's so fucking funny and the embodiment of that guy and that character. Um, I, I will point out Paul Giamatti. This would be his third MVP for the movie. Oh wow, uh, third MVP on the podcast. So he's um he's joined some elite company there. Um, he other three time MVPs are Emma Stone. Uh, Kevin Hart, Michael Fosbender, Carl Weathers, Adam Sandler, Robert De Niro, Bill Hader, um, Brad Pitt. So good, good company there for Paul Giamatti. Yeah. Uh, 
LVP. This is a hard one. This is hard. Because I, I don't think it's definitely not any of the four principal actors. If I had to make a case, and I'm not going to, I have somebody else to, to nominate. Besides the one scene, I have never understood the amount of praise that Virginia Madsen gets in this movie. I ultimately don't think it is her performance's fault. I think Maddie touched on it earlier. It's the fact that this was a movie written by a man. It is a male-driven comedy. Absolutely. It is, is what it is. It doesn't pass the Bechdel test. No, it, it does not. It does not at not all. Not at all. Um, so does anybody have any nominees for who the least valuable uh, uh, performance is in this movie? Most valuable performance. That's hard in such a small cast. It's such a yeah. small cast. It's going to be like, a bit player that probably yes. only has one scene or a couple lines. I, I mean, got, I, I got two. The only people like I think that had any other like impression on the movie overall is like the bartender. Who oh, Gary, is I'm fine. Not him. I'm fine, Gary. No, yeah. yes, not him. The um. Paul Giamatti's mom. She's fine, like Paul Giamatti's mom. You know, yeah. um, and then uh, Stephanie's mom. Yeah, it's fine. So my- I, there isn't really anyone who stands out to me as being consequential enough to qualify for LVP. Well, in these in these movies, if there's not consequence, you kind of have to get creative. So I have two. The first one is Vicky. She has just the one scene and her voice and her voice and basically the conversation over the phone. I like the actress, Jessica Hecht, you may recognize as um, one half of the Greys from Breaking Bad. So Walter White's first love on Breaking Bad. Um, She's a good actress. I like her. She's just a little too like, like whimsy, like under. doing so well. Yeah, like it's it's a little bit too put on for me in that scene. Is it the shiny Escalade they get out of in two thousand four? <laughs> yeah, what's uh Ken? Yeah, fuck you, Ken. It should be Ken just based off of Ken name and disposition alone. Um, so she would be probably the one that would really trump it. The other one I just kind of came up with now is Christine's dad, just because I think he's yes. He popped in my head when I was thinking about it because his only thing, like thing he offers, is basically like, uh, "Who needs fiction?" There's there's so many good true things. His delivery is just a little suspect to me in those scenes and the way that he kind of carries himself. I, I'm not the biggest fan of so those. That's all I got. So you okay. know that kind of shows you what movie we're, yeah, we're working I with think here. I, so. I'm fine with either one. Maddie, I'll let you call it if you have, unless you have somebody else you can pitch me on. Uh, I. I would, the only other one who came to mind was his agent, but mostly because you never see her. You know, she's just like, yeah. but I think I would also lean towards uh, the dad because okay. literally you could cut all that out and it wouldn't have impacted the movie from my perspective if you never met Christine's family. Yeah, I I don't even think you really need to see meet Christine. Like, Period. It's, it, it's there for, it's there to show to give you the, the consequence inter- well no not even that it's, it's there to get the gist of like how jack is basically doing anything he can to survive in life and basically kind of leeching off of this family uh to stay relevant in his life mm-hmm. and from the moment miles gets there he's antsy he's ready to go he doesn't want to be around these people like you know it's there to show how 
out of place Jack is. And then also just to show you what a big deal like this is to these people. Yeah. And you know, the first thing since Jack the Waves is like, you're fucking dying in there, man. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. So like, where were you? Like, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, the dad, uh, so Sean Duke is the actor's name. So he's the, uh, the LVP of this movie. He does not have a, um, a, uh, Wikipedia. So, Shit all this guy, and he probably manages a fucking Hooters or something now. I did love, though, when they left that house, the thought of opening a warm bottle of bubbly on his own and pouring it in, like, random mis- like match glasses. There's a like, question for each of you guys. Have you ever had fucking, like, an open container of alcohol in a car? It's great. <laughs> it is fucking. I haven't done it since I was 19 years old. But God damn it, if it's not great just having like a fucking beer or an alcoholic beverage by the wheel of a car, it's awesome. My dad, one of the last times, <laughs> most recent, it's always going to go back to my dad. One of the last times he picked Rob and I up from the airport. Um, in the like golf cart? Uh, this one was not in a golf cart and it was in his truck and it was the Orlando airport because that's the one we fly into to go back home. And he, he goes... Hey Rob, and he picks up a like Walgreens bag and puts it in the back seat where Rob and I are sitting. And goes, open me a Budweiser. He just bought a six pack, and we had an hour and a half drive back to the house. And Dad calls them road sodas. Um, I think the time that we were most afraid oh, of was one time he was like trying to pull into a lane and someone let him pass and he cheers them with the beer. <laughs> I was like, Dad, that could be a cop. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I, I definitely wasn't that ballsy. So your your dad is still my hero. But yeah, no, just like when I was nineteen, you know, just fuck it, you know, who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you're you're impervious back then. This is cool. It's just great. Um, anything else on sideways? Let me just do a quick review of my notes. I I had like that. I felt there were like multiple cliches in this, which were the midlife crisis course he should i shouldn't i get married like it's the end of my life of course and then the washed up actor played by an actor oh yeah um but i i enjoyed all those i thought it all worked together yeah this, these are some of the best usages of all those tropes yes agreed yes. uh i also have um i'm so insignificant i can't even kill myself you kill yourself before you get published that is right. that is a legit if you are a creative person that is a legitimate, a legitimate like, thing. i have had conversations with people where i'm like i just want something that i have done to you know be of some note where at least i can point to that as like being remembered at some at some point it's it's a true fucking fear when you're when you're a writer or an actor or a creative person yeah creator but the best thing about it is like it's such a moment but then jack goes well there's this one author that got famous after they killed themselves so you could totally do it <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah he, like jack is the one of the worst friends in film history literally <laughs> yes but it's like we all have a friend like that um we all have a friend i have literally had and i won't reveal the person it is not rich but i've had somebody that I have given a project to and asked them what they thought about it and could blatantly tell they did not read it. And, <laughs> and I kept it to myself. 
I know it wasn't you. Uh, I'm not saying who it is. I did not reveal to them like Miles does, but I did ask them a question or two to confirm my suspicions, and I was able to do so. So that shit hit very hard. That was great. <laughs> I didn't change anything about the ending. It's, it's the same from page 159. Is the same. Yeah. <laughs> from page 759. God, I. Uh, fucking edit yourself. It's the fucking um, easiest thing to do. Also, speaking, speaking of like the suicide thing, um, you know, this is very preliminary. We'll see. But on a blood panel recently, I was told that I might have celiac disease, um, okay. which, you know, just would mean I'd have to go completely gluten free, which would uh. mean no beer. And when I called to talk to my parents about it, I was like, do we have like a family history of this? My dad goes of celiac disease. And I was like, yeah, he's like, if I had that, I'd kill myself. <laughs> I knew this is going to come back to your dad in some way. I don't know how I knew that. I just knew it. But that's awful, Maddie. I'm so sorry. No, I mean, it's still it's beer and I, gluten too, right? Yeah, I wouldn't be able to have beer anymore. But it's still very like preliminary. We'll see if it's even a thing. Like they have to do other tests. I could just be like a little like sensitive to gluten, you know, and not like intolerant. But I just went, dad, I just found out today. Like, can that not be like the instant? But your dad, he doesn't, he doesn't sugarcoat things. No daughter of mine ain't gonna be gluten free. No beer, no beer. Well, so I meant like, like, yeah, like, but like gluten in general. But obviously, beer is the focus. It's funny. That's the first thing. And what's hilarious is they're like, until we can prove you have it, don't stop eating gluten, like you know, or drink it. Like, go for it. I'm like, okay, fine. So it's like, you know, it doesn't even matter right now. That's the weirdest um, directive ever. It really is. Well, cause they said, if you stop and you go gluten-free thinking that you might have celiacs, then when they actually go to test it, you'll get a false negative. Right. Because you won't have any in your system. And yes. Did you drink the rest of my beer? No. Oh, good. Oh, <laughs> I must've finished it. <laughs> You're doing it for the Maddie Fork. You're going to be able to drink those again. No, I'm probably, I'm, I'm very much might be fine, but it's funny that just like asking my parents, like, do we have a family history? Cause I might have it. And dad's just like, I'd kill myself. <laughs> um, Your dad's had so many road sodas. I think he's okay. <laughs> I think he's doing fine. Uh, I wanted to ask, um, you know, I mean, I've, I've done a couple bachelorettes. I've never done a bachelor party. Is this the weirdest idea for a bachelor party? Just like wine country and like bullshitting. No, so I honestly, mo the majority of the bachelor parties I've been at have been not going to do something like that, but they've been low key where it's like, let's just go to some place kind of secluded and let's play games, let's drink and smoke and play cards. And like for uh, Tony's bachelor party, we went and um, like, did like shotguns and uh and for Keaton's we went and saw a funny concerts. Um so yeah, so it's not I I well I don't want to say it because I know he's gonna listen to this, but I do have a similar, like I said, a similar like idea for Rich that I want to do that's like just us going and doing something for a week that's not, you know, typical bachelor party fucking yeah. sex and drugs and rock and roll, you know, yeah. kind of kind of thing. But yeah. Um it's it's it makes sense for two guys, for one guy that's pretty cultured and another guy who's his behavior forces him that I really have many other friends. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But that, that, it, make, it makes sense. 
Yeah, I I do think too, it's fun that it's like, oh, it's like, you know, in this place, at least that through social media and everything I've known, I've always pictured as bougie, but they really do it on the cheap. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I think I even looked uh, when I I was looking at like the hitching post and the windmill and stuff. Obviously, 20 years have passed and the notoriety of it is costing to go up. But like, I could go get like a good like steak at the hitching post and like a meal for two people for like 100 bucks. You know, like it's it's. You know, that's that's better than, you know, fuck. I think my part of paying for fucking Scott Morell's shitty meal at his bachelor party was like $100. Just going to Ruth Chris. (laughs) Yes, so true. Um, Also, the only other thing I had here was I might not love anything as much as Miles loves Pinot Grigio and wine. Um, That's special, but he might have a problem. And then I also just wanted to asterisk that... um, to my dad's credit, anytime I see him anymore, we're both on vacation. I don't think he has a drinking problem. But, <laughs> that's, that's good that it's on the record. Do you hate? <laughs> do either of you hate anything as much as Miles hates Merlot? Ooh, yes. I know. I'm right here. <laughs> uh, what do I like? Also, it's funny though because it's just like a food, like something that's like who cares? Sure. Yeah. Like just like do do you have, do not have a taste for something that strongly. Because honestly, my answer might be red wine. I do not like red wine at all. The most, the most I get into wine is like fucking. Uh, it's uh, juice. Yeah, it's what is it? It's Moscato. Uh, Moscato is Capri Sun with a little bit of alcohol in it. Let's be fair. You know, I am just like such a like. I'll. I don't really have a lot of dislikes. I don't know. I'm not picky. I don't like coconut. Coconuts, but I'll one. eat it. Like I mean. I'll eat it and I'll like I'll drink a pina colada, but it's not my favorite. Getting taste. away from wine specifically, I'd be uh, excuse me. My answer would be IPAs. I fucking can't stand IPAs. Just never like, give me a good shitty American beer, yeah. and I'm much happier than whatever. You're an asshole. Fucking fruity, flavorful. I don't mean fruity. Is it like you know, fruity? I mean like fruity is like oh yeah, this is uh, this is cool. Like uh, pomegranate, pomegranate, cherry, wheat. Uh, Pilsner. It's like, fuck you. Where's the Michelob Ultra? Hilarious. I think I literally drank a non-alcoholic IPA the other day, which is really (laughs) Like, what's the point? (laughs) You just wanted to have a bad taste in your mouth? Someone who was on a cleanse left them at my apartment, like, after a hangout. They were like, oh, I can't drink, but I brought these. They were called NIPAs by Lagunitas, and I was like, ah, okay. And, um, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard, Maddie. I'm so sorry. <laughs> After every party or rumble, when people inevitably bring shit that I'm never going to drink, I look the same. I go, do you want this? And I cannot wait. It, it's not going to be expired for like a year and a half. Somebody might come to my house and drink it. No, nope, fuck it. Don't want it in my fridge. Okay. I have something I hate. What? And I live in a very unfortunate place for it. Malort. I, oh, that's yeah of course malort what is the it fucking, malort. No, what's malort you'll have some in uh no in i'm august. not gonna have any <laughs> charlie, oh, we're coming to chicago in august charlie will make you drink malort what weekend the first week of august lollapalooza weekend uh, no we leave right before yeah. so we've, we've we're gonna come saturday uh, we arrive saturday the 28th 29th and we leave on, on august the 3rd. 3rd yeah okay cool well i will be here then my parents fly in on the 3rd 
Man, we're going to be flying <laughs> out that day. They fly into where? In, into O'Hare? O'Hare. Yes, we're going to meet them at the airport. I can make that happen. We we're like, going to make that happen. What time now are they flying in? Oh, I'll have to double check the times. But I'm just a flight info. Okay, we're going we're gonna to hook up with your parents. Is your sister coming too? Oh, mm, I don't know. Okay. That's cool. I want to hang out with Joe and Cindy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're coming up. We're going to take Jillian on like a summer trip every year. So and we're going to come. This made the most because we're just going to stay with Rich and Charlie. We're going to, I think we're going to do something at Rich's place that Sunday. We're going to go to the museum. We're going to the museum. We're going to see a Cubs game. We're going to show her around. So we're going to be there like in the middle of the week. So it's going to be hard to like see people obviously from working, but we might try to get some other things going after at hours night, at yeah. night. But definitely something on that Sunday, the first day we're there at Rich's place. Rich is going to grill oh, daddy up. That's, oh, I love it. So and excited. you get to. Meet Jillian? Have you never met mm, Jillian? Never met Jillian. You know, it's the, so the only time in six years we've seen Maddie is at her wedding. Well, and I've I've seen her other times. Well, yeah, but up to I Chicago, yeah. But. You you came to Chicago too once, Sam. Yeah, we came in August for Tony's, Tony's wedding, wedding without Jillian. With yeah, she's in yeah. The well, what's so funny is literally one of the last things Rob and I did with friends in Florida was go to your baby shower. Oh yeah, that's right. My gosh, that's right. That, they were the ones that got us the uh, the diaper genie that saved our fucking lives, saved and us. also made yeah. me once change when I would never really have to change it. Gag like nothing else I've ever experienced in my entire existence. <laughs> oh, aren't you so glad that's behind you? <laughs> oh, that's yeah. why we won't have another kid. Nope, nope, I can't do that anymore. Because her, her poops, but it's great. But it's great. Bad enough. Motherhood is great if that's something you want to pursue. It's, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But the poops. The poops are just the cost. Yeah. The cost of poops. Uh, let's score the movie. So, we're still doing the show. Yes, yes. We've just, we've no, gone, just shooting the shit. We've gone into what we will talk about after the show on the show. Uh, so uh, guests always get to score it first. On a scale of one to ten, you can go have. So one and a half, two and a half, three and a half, if you'd like. What would you rate sideways? Uh Eight and a half. Eight and a half for Sideways from Maddie. Samantha? I'm giving it an eight. An eight? Uh, I, I waffle between two scores, which I, I commonly do. Um, and on this viewing, I, I got to do it. I'm giving this movie a 10. I think this is wow. one of the funniest and best movies of its type, uh, not just over the past 20, 25 years ever. It's got one of the greatest leading man performances I've ever seen. Yep. It's exactly my type of movie with Alexander Payne's direction and the message and the story behind it. And you, you saw and heard me. I was laughing wow. just like I had the first time I saw the movie. I know. think it's taken me 16 years to realize I will always be second place to Rich Kim. <laughs> <laughs> You're damn right. Um, God damn it. I you did want to pull up. tens often? Uh, uh, not he really. He is a lot snobbier with his tens. I am a lot snobbier. So this year we have had two. We've had a lot of tens, though, lately. We've had, well, perfect tens. So we can give out individual tens, but the, the only two perfect tens we've had this year are Everything Everywhere All at Once and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, but all time in 444 episodes, I believe we're at like maybe 15, 20. So not, not a lot. Um, and I, you personally don't give out a lot of tens. No, but this this to me 
checks off all my boxes. It, I may be a little biased, but it's just fucking great. It's um, lovely. I almost went to nine, but I yeah. thought I thought it for me, and maybe it was closer to eight and a half. One thing I mentioned I wanted to do earlier. So the twenty the two thousand and five Oscars, which honoring the movies in two thousand and four, this was nominated for Best Picture along with eventual winner Million Dollar Baby, The Aviator, Finding Neverland, and Ray. You cannot tell me this is not the best movie of those fucking five. It's definitely the best movie of those five. Best actor was Jamie Foxx and Ray. The other nominees that were not Paul Giamatti were Clint Eastwood and Million Dollar Baby. He's just growling throughout it. Uh, Johnny Depp and Finding Neverland, which I've never watched after the first time I fucking saw it and never will ever again. Leonardo DiCaprio, DiCaprio in The Aviator. Okay, sure, fine. And the other one that was not nominated for Best Picture was Don Cheadle in Hotel Rwanda, which I've never seen, but I've heard very Oh, that's a great that. movie. That's but a great one. Cannot, I, I love that movie. And then, of course, Jamie Foxx won for Ray, but you cannot tell me that Giamatti could have beaten fucking... A nomination? Clint and Decap, uh, Clint and Depp. Um, Thomas Hayden Church lost to Morgan Freeman in Million Dollar Baby. That's basically the um, the Lifetime Achievement Award. You know that he should have won for uh, multiple other things. And then yeah. Kate Blanchett won for The Aviator over Virginia Madsen. I'm ultimately fine with that. But and then uh, it did win for Best Adapted Screenplay. So that did um, get nom- get uh, recognized for something. So that is an I average. Like of an- listening to the best actor nominees that you just shared they're all like literally like the the main actors of the decades that we've had like whereas i feel like paul giamatti like what was so transcendent was he was the small time character actor who oh, yeah yeah i think that's a really good point i think still to this day i think he's only been nominated for one academy award i think he got nominated for best supporting actor for uh, cinderella man if i'm not mistaken that's the only thing he's ever been nominated for. Of course, he does have a, a primetime Emmy for John Adams, along with a SAG Award, a Golden Globe. Um, you know, but I think that is his only Oscar nomination is for Cinderella. That's why people are excited. The early buzz for the next uh, Alexander Payne movie, which I did want to uh, give some background to, um, is got people excited. Um, that movie is called, and my phone is about to die any second, so I'm hoping it hangs on here. Feature films. That movie is called The Holdovers. It comes out uh, November of this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is about a disliked uh, teacher, played by Paul Giamatti, who is put in charge of supervising a smart and rebellious student unable to journey home for Christmas. And they are joined by uh, the school's head cook. So pretty, pretty. I love that there's Christmas in it. Slice of the life. There you go. So it's him and uh, Divine Joy Randolph, who people might recognize from um, Ghost the Musical. She was also in um, Only Murders in the Building and several other things. So so be on the lookout for that. I'm sure we will catch it when the time sure comes. Maddie, thank you oh so very much for joining us. This was exactly what I wanted and more, besides the fact that Rob was not joining us. But we will have him back. I will say, did you guys want to uh, just have those other five movies be the movies that you would do or do you would you want to give us another five what's your preference i mean i, I mean like i said your list is so damn your list good, is really good. I, I could easily choose i mean i think i'm pretty much confident which one i would pick of the five because we originally before you gave us sideways as the sixth option i think we were leaning towards doing fargo um is what we were going to pick yeah 
So what's what's that? So let's let's. Well, I'll look at the schedule and we'll see if we can have you back on with Rob before the year is out to do Fargo. We'll we'll we'll, we'll swing for it. That sounds perfect. I will say when you sent me the list with the instructions, there was a day where I spent an hour reading through every single line and then <laughs> writing it in my own spreadsheet. And I think I narrowed it down to a hundred. And I was like, Rob, I have to get this down to five. Oh my god, <laughs> that's awesome. It's. It's an impressive list that continues to grow and grow. Um, I will uh, share that I bought some movies today that Samantha does not know about. And I can't wait to reveal what those are. Um, <laughs> that's not fair. I love buying bad movies. And I love buying movies from my childhood. So that's just a little hint. When they come in, you'll see what they are. <sighs> uh, but thank you for listening to this week's episode of Married Movies. We encourage you, as always, to go to arcadeaudio.net for this podcast and the others in our network of shows. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you're going to patreon.com slash arcadeaudio for bonus content. Follow the show on Facebook, facebook.com slash movies, Twitter at marriedwmovies, and email us, marriedwmovies at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show. For me, you can find me at your host, Mel38, on Instagram. For you, at Jam with your Sam. And you can also follow me on my retro wrestling diary, arcadeaudio.net slash podbloggle. Hopefully, should have a new episode out when this uh, podcast is airing next week from when we're recording it. And that episode would be. Oh, I don't remember. It's in February of 1998. So it's either No Way Out of Texas or Super Brawl. Um, so yeah, so read if you want to read about the, the peak of the Attitude Era in wrestling, that's, that's what you can do. Maddie, do you have any plugs for people? If you want to be found, where can they find you or anything else you want to share with the world? Uh, you can find me on Duolingo as Maddie Golightly, where I'm absolutely crushing my second course in Japanese. I'm looking for friends. Add me. We'll do buddy. We'll do buddy competitions together. Uh, that's it. Cause pretty much you don't check anything else, but, um, <laughs> except to peek in on my friends' lives and see how they're doing. Wonderful. Maddie, it's been a blast. It's, it's been an honor to know you for at least the past couple of years. I, I thought you were going to say hours. <laughs> <laughs> Even this, better. This is one of my favorite first conversations I've ever had with somebody, new guy. Oh, great. Oh, that feels special. Thanks. I'm going to go to sleep peacefully tonight knowing that. For Mullet. This is Mullet. And the new guy from Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch or slash table. Slash the movies. Why did you do that? Like you were like. I don't know. I was panicking. Stuttering the whole time. I was panicking. Way to fucking go, new guy. Don't new guy me. Oh, I'm going to new guy you. You could try to new guy me. It's not going to bother me the way it bothers Maddie. So it's not going to be any fun for you. I'll be happy if you pretend to not know me. Did y'all ever see that TV show out of the box on Disney Channel? No. No. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at ArcadeAudio.net.